You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, and welcome to Axe to Grind. I'm Bob. That deafening silence is the sign that I am by myself right now. Tom is on a plane flying from Los Angeles to New York. Patrick is on a plane flying from Los Angeles to Perth, Australia. And to pull the curtain back all the way, Tom and I attempted to record a little mini, hey, the audio is going to be bad. He was at LAX. I was in my car driving back from from, uh, playing basketball with my son. The audio is going to be bad, but in that bad, like, hey, like maybe we can, maybe we can make it work. Uh, it, it was not. It was not that. <laughs> um, and I just listened to it. Wouldn't work. Don't want to put that on you. There's different points where my voice goes full uh, bleep bleep bleep. Other points where Tom just drops out totally. Why did we want to do this? Wanted to get out something to talk about to talk about Axe Grind at Sound and Fury. Wanted to talk about Sound and Fury as a whole. It was a really cool weekend. There were a lot of people there. <laughs> um, it was sort of an experience unto itself. And all the fun stuff just from being out on a trip. Uh, so, <clears throat> so, unfortunately, in lieu of that, uh, even in lieu of the LAX recording that had a certain certain magic to to little parts of it, including a baby crying, the inimitable sounds of uh, airlines and delayed flights in the background, et cetera, et cetera. You get a little soliloquy from me, then we're going to be joined by Eric Wilson. Eric and I went over a few highlights, but you know, I, I really wanted to save it. Uh, we we talk about this privately. We always like to do this podcast where it's the three of us. Occasionally, there'll be episodes where Pat's gone, Tom's gone, where whatever, whatever, where I'm gone. Um, but <clears throat> uh, we did want to also get something out. We we love that we come out every Tuesday. It's one of the things people always say, like, "Hey, every Tuesday, every Tuesday." That's uh, that that keeps my heart beating. So. California is amazing. If you've never had a chance to go, please go. I spent, uh, I was able to swim in the ocean, saw a ton of old friends, made some new friends, uh, had a time to go visit the desert. Shout out to Borrego Springs. Had an excellent, excellent meal while I was there. Perhaps the best meal I've ever had in a town with a sub 5,000 population. Um, I didn't see anything, any cool critters in the desert, but it was just an amazing uh, place to be. And also got to see uh, perhaps one of the craziest days of hardcore that I've seen in my life. Uh, but what makes it crazy isn't, you know, stage dives or, or moshing and singing along. It's just like the overall energy of how grateful people were to be there, how excited people were to be there the energy and emotion of the people who were there and just being fully like locked in and engaged to that moment. And, um, you know, I'm not going to get too romantic. I'm not going to get too emotional here. It's a, it's a podcast. We don't come here for emotions. Right. But what I want to say is that it, it does remind you, you have these moments in time that remind you 
what this is, why you got into it, and why it can still feel very, very special. So uh, thank you to our sponsors, Death Wish, Run for Cover, Close Casket, To Live a Lie. Thank you to Tom and Patrick for being fantastic co-hosts. Thank you to all our friends. Thank you to everybody who supports us. Thank you to Sound and Fury. Here's a quick conversation with Eric Wilson. <clears throat> Additionally, I am thinking that we're going to get in and, and record our normal episode a little later this week uh, and have it out to you before the end of the week so we can really like get in and talk shop. Everybody, enjoy. Okay, part two. If you have made it through the first 15 minutes of this, <clears throat> what we're referring to as the janky, jank, jank to grind, um, introducing our special guest. But uh, he's always, I didn't say new guest or just guest, special guest, because he's always special. Eric Wilson, how are you, buddy? What's up? I'm good. How are you? You're back in you're back in the land of dreams. Back back in the land of pizza and um uh it is raining and 75. So do you know Ooh. what that means? It's it's both wet and uncomfortable outside, which is oh, okay. Yeah. It's okay. Um but I did uh get to spend let's see Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four full days in the land of dreams, aka Southern California, aka Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Thank you for being such a good friend, but also a great uh, you know, hanger bout guest coming over to our weird Airbnb. It was fantastic. Loved it, dude. Thank you for 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 everything, having me involved. Yeah. I had a fucking absolute banger of a time. It was exhausting, but fun as shit. Okay, so uh, we Tom and I talked um, again. As as people heard, he was at LAX. I was driving around, um, basically feeding pizza to my son. So if you hear any chewing, that's because I forgot I was recording, and I apologize. <laughs> I know how uh, ASMR people get on that stuff. That said, we're here to talk a little bit of hardcore. We did a lot of hardcoring over the weekend. Oh yeah, including you. The podcast show was like half a hardcore thing it was really cool thank you to everybody who was there eric did a great job hosting actually thank you but then when we came back to the airbnb i mean look sound and fury i think was like 20 hours ish maybe from start to finish each if you combine the two days yeah we might have watched that much time of hardcore videos uh at the house because because patrick had control of the youtube yeah yeah and we ruined some poor guy's uh algorithm who was oh. still logged into the airbnb uh youtube oh yeah yeah please uh <laughs> don't tell our hosts but yeah that that guy's gonna have a different different kind of experience next time he logs into to youtube he's gonna be um, like what is what koyo uh, what huh? <laughs> okay so what was your surprise set of the weekend uh, I think uh, surprise set of the weekend. I think as a live act, Scowl has really stepped up their game. Uh, they have like they they sounded great. Um, yeah. They played very tight. The crowd went off. They uh, they I mean you know they've been playing a lot. They've been yeah. touring and stuff. So you know improvement in that sense uh, is a natural result. You know, Yo, let me let let's pull back the curtain. 
we YouTubed this game. We we had a conversation prior, and I was like, yo, I think this was also, let me also, I believe I saw Scowl once before. This was my second time seeing them. But I said, yo, I've been seeing more live videos of Scowl, and I think they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, And we're like, I don't know. And so we literally went back, watched old videos with mixed results. Some were all right. Some were fine. But then I was like, no, no, there's one. April of this year or something like that. Sure. And we watched, and that was the... And, and actually seeing it live, like anything, watching hardcore videos really sucks actually to seeing it live but oh, yeah. they were they're awesome and it's it's kind of amazing to see a band get better over time and we now literally have it'd be like watching a kid in first grade take jump shots to then third grade and then fifth grade and now sure. they're like on the varsity team yo uh scowl is scowl's d1 right now they're they're prospecting for the majors because they're really really an impressive live act at this point so yeah I, I, wonder, yeah. I wonder if you guys have ever talked about it and this perhaps is a deeper conversation for another another episode, but like mm. with the advent of the internet and just mm. like, you know, like I would be willing to bet Scowl from, from the day they started as a band till now. I would be willing to bet there's video evidence, there's there's video uh, archive oh, wow. of most of their shows. Whereas, you know, 80s, 90s, even thousands, even early 10s, mm-hmm. media wow. not as ubiquitous. You know, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thought because, uh, you know, people very close to this podcast, I've I've been watching, I've seen some older video of their stuff going back, you know, fifteen years, and it is you're you're not wrong. You start a band in the '90s, you can be anonymous. Like, yeah. there's bands I like from the '90s who I never got to see and who I've never sought out videos of. That's actually a fantastic question. So I don't even know if they were good live or not or like right. what that visual was. Whereas now you're you're totally right. You can actually see their evolution and you can see what it is and it's like oh crap like you can tell they must have gotten a new drummer in August of blank year because yeah. they all of a sudden got way better. Yeah. Um oh that's a fun. Is that like some sort of like internet archiving project is like band through the years and it, it kind of creates a search engine and filters it like i mean clearly we can just do this on youtube by like sorting stuff but actually being able to sort it by date and watch an evolution yeah and see what the the highs are i mean the the thing patrick will bring up would be like oh but what about when that band hits the skids Ooh, <laughs> you know oh here's the tipping point things go down right here we 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 should revisit we should keep on sound and fury and revisit this another time but i'm like f- super fascinated with this this concept because you know it sounds it sounds obvious to, to to guys like you and i but maybe to younger kids it's like you know prior to 2012 11 like if you wanted to film a show you had to bring a camera with you and right. like not everyone no. had a camera in their in their fucking pockets you know so like yeah, there's a lot of like, and you know, bands that matter to people, like, I'm sure you can, like, you can find Nirvana 1988 in the fucking, in the sure. local record store in Aberdeen or whatever, because, yeah. you know, that's a band that like people will dig that out. But there's, you know, there were so many, you know, better than anybody, Bob, uh, yeah. just the amount of bands that have come and gone through the scene and bands that people love and talk about still today that like, yeah, there's, there could be like, zero video evidence of you know what i mean well, and, and it's the thing i'm gonna i'm gonna shout out our uh 
a buddy, Liam, who does the Cinepunk stuff, who uh, I think I had gotten into a conversation with him about John Candy and where uh, he fits generationally with comedians. And I think I, we brought this up over the weekend, but uh, he hit me with a really fantastic question. was like, wait, do you know about the 1977 Toronto Godspell like whoa. production? But it was, you know, uh, this theater production in Toronto of Godspell, um, something I've never seen, but I know the name instantly, right? Uh, Gildna Radner, Martin Short, Bill Murray, um, I think a few others, but basically all the Canadians who had become like leads yeah. in the early 80s were in this theatrical theatrical production. And I was like, oh my God. And it was just kind of like this, you know, kismet, weird circumstance. And I'm like, oh my God, like, is there video of it? And he's like, no, nobody's got any video of this thing. Yeah. Because it was 1977. And right. so we're talking about how hard it is. Like in 1977, I don't even think they had like the on the shoulder style, you know, camcorders. No, um, you probably needed a film camera and right, uh, like, and and, uh, and some audio equipment. So, so maybe the best you could get is if the local news decided to cover this. But why would they? Because these guys are kind of weren't yet at yeah. that point, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, you that's an exact phenomenon where I'm like, there's tons of these bands where you know the ones that matter, like you said, there's Nirvana. You got to seek it out, but the ones that didn't reach certain heights weren't there. I also think the archiving of hardcore has gotten a lot more intense over the past. <sighs> yeah. The past decade, you know, I think that's both on the video side, certainly on the video side, the video side yeah. is uh, impressive, immaculate. Like you literally can't take anything away from all the folks who are doing video stuff. Cause obviously there's Sonny with his whole, Hey, five, th- six thing, which is massive. And just yep. like, that is the monolith. But there's other people doing littler things, littler versions, both in the current tense, but also archiving older footage um, and kind of preserving it. And, and but also flyers and audio recordings and live audio. So yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And the idea of being able to kind of <laughs> like, for for lack of a better term, curve and like chart, like oh uh, well, they were either you know whether it's reaction or um, and, uh, competency sure it would be pretty fun crowd uh, size i mean you can really like there's, yeah. a, there's there's a number of metrics you can run it by and there's also just the whole notion of being able to do that the the pros and cons of it because <sighs> yo it sometimes it takes a band it can take years to find your fucking groove you know what i mean it can there's growing pains you know oh, it can take your yeah. up to your third album to find a re the lane that you're in you know so it's like you know being able to document that from the beginning is it kind of like will it you know because because everyone maybe the scene as a whole or whether that's like hardcore is you know in in the macro sense of people being able to watch like people might jump ship before you even get a chance you know what i mean yeah no i mean it's great yeah Yeah. (sighs) i mean yeah there's a lot to go on there we should do that another time but sound and fury yeah let's keep going sound and fury yeah um let me ask you what was your big what was your big surprise what was your big surprise well well you stole my answer with scowl i was so impressed with them um maybe my big surprise was how many folks were genuinely jazzed for their cover their intro cover of waiting room and so just oh, yeah. to give, you know the the uh in the moment if you haven't seen they start with they start they open with waiting room 
And I think they did it through the first chorus and then go into their set. Cool move, not cool move. What's your opinion? Um, I think it's a cool move. You know, it's, it's funny that the immediate thing that came to mind when I, when I first heard, you know, you hear the intro bass line or whatever. <laughs> sure. And, and the first thing that came to mind was, you know, classic track, obviously. Classic uh, track. Su- a surprise track to hear from a band like Scowl, mm. but a good surprise. But I also, I also think about like waiting room has probably been covered so much at this point. And Fugazi is a band that has so many good Other songs, tracks. you know? Yeah. Yo, here's, here's, you're not wrong, except I can't think of the last time I saw a band do waiting room in person. Um, but, 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 I mean, if you're looking for that, you're starting the set. You want to get that pop. You start with something recognizable. That's a that's a great that's correct. To go with. You got it. You got to. I, I man, I like that we're able to squeeze this much juice out of just like 15 seconds of scowl talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. You want to either with covers. I think there's one of two ways. One, you want the big pop. Sure. If you want the big pop, you want to have fun. You just do something everybody knows. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I have a funny story, actually. This is years ago. Um, this is relevant to what we're talking about. Years ago, probably, it was probably one of Backtrack's like, first shows. So let's say 2008 or something like that. I'm sure. a young man. I'm probably mm-hmm. 17 or 18 at a show in Northport, Long Island. A lot of hardcore bands, real kind of like Long Island hardcore kind of tough guy energy. Mm. And I can't remember who's playing. It wasn't Backtrack. I, I wish for the life of me, I can't remember the band. But they go, all right, we've got one more song. It's a cover. So everybody in the crowd is already kind of like, ooh, what's it going to be? And they do Knowledge by Op Ivy. And the whole crowd goes fucking off. It was yeah. so awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. So so one route, one you're standing at the fork in the road of, of uh, the right ways to do covers. There's not a wrong way path on this, this split. So one is you go for the big song that everybody knows. It's going to pop and everybody's going to be dancing, singing along, diving off stuff. Hell yeah. I'm never mad at that. Yeah. Don't try to be too smart if you're going down that road. Just go for maximum. And if you can if you can somehow tie in the intangible to help the vibe, yo, they could have covered a minor threat song and would have gone off just as big, if not bigger. They could have covered any number of bands that would have gone off just as big, if not bigger. But there was something about covering Waiting Room in the middle of the day outside hardcore festival yeah it felt cool it felt good it was like oh this is right um so shout out because i, I want to say fugazi played tons of outdoor shows which is a weird thing but they just did it that's true it just felt cool so it did shout out to that the other split on that doing the covers the right way is so path one you're going for pop Path two is you're trying to expose someone to something you truly love. Mm-hmm. That is the path for the, the you know, not, not deep cut Fugazi song, but literally any other Fugazi song, one-fifth of the people know it, if that. Maybe one-tenth, you know? Yeah. So you go down that road, and if you do that road... <sighs> you, one, you better play it really well. You better, you better be able to kill that song. Two, I actually like it when bands do something like that and go record it. And make it part of their their whole thing, you know. Yeah. Um, a great example, the best example that I always cite is "Crucified" by ah, Iron yes. Cross. Yo, that's an Iron Cross song. 
but it but it's an agnostic front song exactly. too you know yeah. so so i always think there's that's the two right ways to do covers if anybody's got a third come at me so no scowl was awesome let me think of others um this is weird because it's a surprise not a surprise the angel dust set was awesome i just went through this with tom um their set was just so energetic you forget yeah. you forget how many banging songs they have oh yeah and how many songs they have that everyone knows it's awesome it's great yeah yeah big big energy also uh shout out to speed oh. uh my god man Ooh. like what a fucking just a heater of a set and just great fucking fantastic energy from those dudes uh really what a good time uh, after that set they might be the biggest hardcore band from australia ever ever full stop like, it's fucking deserved oh it, my god it was awesome um i think they got a few shows lined up too so if for some reason you didn't get to see them at sound and fear you should you should make sure i think i think west coast states i don't know where it is but uh people should make sure to see that band while they're over here um what was you know every show has its goods and its bads and it's in betweens what was the biggest uh, obstacle for you with Sound and Fury? What was the biggest mm. opportunity? We'll use corporate code for for something that's that could be better. You say it's not a problem; it's an opportunity. Hmm. I'm I'm I may be a little bit confused by the question. Like, what? what, oh, what exactly oh, was, was Sound and Fury perfect, or was there something oh. that could have been better? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, let me think. I mean, you know, things that people might criticize it for. Mm. I honestly think were the strengths of it. And I'm sure you guys have talked about it at length at this point, but just like all current bands, all young, young guy mm. bands, you know, I mean, yeah. like I come from New York. I'm used to like, you know, <laughs> some uh, old man hanging around some, some, some old, old dude energy, which is fine. I mean, I'm into that. I mean, you know, the same day in New York, you had breakdown killing time. And I was in New York. Crowd. That's right. Yeah. If I was in New York, I would have absolutely been there. I'm not. I'm not mad at that shit. But it, there no, is something very special and cool about just the the you know like each day you know first day headliner drain second day headliner Gulch final show you know what I mean like it's oh. it's these are not the legacy acts that are uh, that are that are headlining this fest and I think that's that's a great energy um that that's it's like. You you know what I mean? It's not to no, say. No, I mean I mean you're you're not wrong. There might be someone who finds fault in that. Sure, I think definitely there is. You know? I, I and, will. And you have I've, guys like Terror who are who are certainly you know they've been around yeah, a minute, been around like, forever. They, sure. Yeah, but they don't. They 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 definitely fit in. You know what I mean? It, it, it and, and they, there was no there wasn't it wasn't like yeah it wasn't like Terror was. It's it's maybe the biggest compliment I can make. Terror has been around twenty years. Terror is a part of the Hardcore 22 tapestry yeah. in the way that every other current band was on that festival. Definitely. That Definitely. matters. And like whether you love Terror from 2001 on, 2002 on, whether you they, ne- they never mattered to you in your path at all, it is impressive that they put out new records that matter to people who were younger than their band. No question. That's yeah. sick. Um, you're not wrong, by the way, off topic. And I say this as someone who legitimately loves Killing Time. I love Killing Time. Love them. I, I love Killing Time. We, but we both can underline that word, capital L. Yeah. There's a photo of Anthony Comunale 
I think a Daniel Dombrowski photo, please follow her. Great, great photographer. Um, where he straight up has a Wario mustache going on. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I don't know if that makes me like them more right now. Yeah. Less or, or if I'm just scared that like, uh, he's going to beat me in smash bros, <laughs> but, uh, major shout outs to killing time. Um, <clears throat> Yes, I'm going to go on a diatribe when we get uh, when we get Patrick and Tom on the line to do the whole damn thing. Yeah, but there's there's something interesting about doing a show there that's that's all current bands. You know, it's it's really cool. Um, The line was wild, but from what I understand, um, I tried to compare this to Tom. We we after the show on Saturday night. Oh, you know this because we came and hung out with you. We got you a milkshake. Yeah, we went to In and Out, and uh, it was. It was as an in and out is on a Saturday night. There is sure. a very long line for the drive-through, like dauntingly long. Long, but he's like, "Oh man, <sighs> can we go somewhere else?" I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. It's nah. gonna move really fast." I was like, "Yo, like it's long, but these things move quick." He's like, Are "You sure?" And sure enough, it did. Um, that is what I heard about the line, which was very long. Yeah, so it was yeah. long, but it moved fast. People got in. That's cool. Um, you were there yesterday. I heard it was sunnier, a little hotter than Saturday. Is that right? Very hot. Uh, the weather was brutal. It's it's unfortunate. I you know, I since moving out here, I've been. I'm I'm Los Angeles's biggest advocate. I fucking oh, yeah. I love it. And and part of my the first thing I usually say is the weather, and uh, and and I'm always like it's just fucking fantastic. And I, I always talk about how it's never humid. Uh, well. It was possibly the most humid I've ever felt in Los Angeles in my, it was fucking hot, man. It was hot, but, but you know what? The breeze came through. There were some clouds that hid the sun. It wasn't like totally oppressive. You could find some shade. Uh, early in the day was rough, but as the day went on, it, 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 it got easier. The hard part is you just don't have shade sales that are big enough for, for 4,000 plus people. Right. Fortunately. Yeah. Um, that's true. Because, because that's, you're, you're not wrong. So we're going through the things that, we're imperfect. This is, you know, like I want people to know this is a, a fair and unbiased podcast, right? Like, uh, clearly, clearly, I have a lot of love for Sound and Fury. Uh, clearly, got a lot of love for Los Angeles. That is a strong sun. Yeah, um, man. <laughs> I mean, it's the middle of you know, it's July, August. It's 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 that time of year. It's hot, but but Saturday, most there was overcast through the early morning. Sun started popping through when the sun came out. We could really feel it. Late afternoon, uh, you know, maybe we give a little credit. Uh, Drug Church brought some wind, the wind oh, beneath yeah. the wings. You know, was that was that Patrick's hot air or? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, I don't want to sound. Breeze starts coming through, and it was like, oh, yeah, how pleasant, so pleasant. Uh, Drug Church, fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I know I might be biased. I do a podcast with sure, Patrick. Sure, sure. Uh, we're good friends, mm-hmm. friends with all those guys, but man fucking christ they were great yeah a neat band they're fine no, <laughs> no i thought it was i thought it was great uh, i was impressed with their set i honestly so it's like funny because we're gonna do the deep dive so i don't want to like dole out all my stuff now and have nothing left in the the holster when i talk with pk and tom but uh it was amazing it was amazing to see that many people there having a great time at a hardcore show and I think you're the one who was telling me this. You were. So Friday night in LA, they did the, uh, there was the Super Heaven, Anxious, Soul Blind, The Berry Show. 
there was the Candy Akulu ingrown. Who am I missing? The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like this. Yeah! Down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Uh, uh, Field of Flames opens. Field of Flames. And there, uh, yeah, there was one more. The first band is escaping me at the moment. Yes. All right. It's okay. Um, there was that show. There was the first, I believe, the first night of the Lie Detector Fest. Yes. Um which I want to get some more intel on that. I heard it was awesome. A lot of great reports on that. And on top of all those hardcore or hardcore adjacent shows, which I mean, just just so I can give the feel, I believe between those three shows, which were all sold out or very close, we're talking about around 2,000 people, maybe a little more than that. What was the other show happening that, that your roommate and my new friend Evan... Uh, talked said he was considering going to shout out to evan um shout out to evan there was well there was also which i didn't even fucking know about um until uh i guess saturday but uh hate breed fucking sold out the palladium with uh with anthrax right like yeah. what the hell didn't even know about it would have would i mean like but so would've yeah i mean for sure is if i think what you're getting at is like consider the crowd for Lie Detector, the crowd for Sound and Fury, the crowd for all the after shows and and pre shows and and uh, and and throw Hatebreed in the mix. Uh, the 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 interest level, the scene, whatever you want to call it, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the highest I've seen it in my in my uh, in my time in in music. Right, and it's it's very fascinating. And one person could assume we would say like, "Oh, turnstile." It's not that. No, no, no. They no. could be a factor, but there's just something going on here where there's a lot of people interested in this music. And it, uh, I, I wonder what. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. You know what I mean? I mean, so, like, I mean I wanna, there's a I lot of ways to look yeah, at. Yeah, there's it, a yeah. lot of ways, but but one, n- not a complaint to be found here. Okay, yeah. uh, for it. Because more bodies, more people, hopefully some ideas are being shared in whatever direction and that that is either helping people spark ideas, think of things in a different way, et cetera, et cetera. All good things in my book. Two, had a conversation with my buddy, Mike Lawson, Mick Anders, old friends today, because they were seeing these videos of Sound of Sharing. They're like, this is unbelievable. Like, this is an amazing amount of people all in a really positive, like, that looks great kind of way. But we're like, how, how could things be so big right now? And I was thinking back, I was like, okay, just on a pure baseline level, you can get music for free right now. Now it might be, you have to be, you have to look on YouTube or you have a free subscription to Spotify or whatever. We have to listen to ads or whatever bullshit. I don't know. Um, or you have the $10 a month. So that's $10 a month for unlimited music is a pretty good deal as a consumer. The other end, artists getting paid, that's a different conversation. But sure. as a consumer, good yeah. deal. Yeah. 
you might as well be free on, on honestly um when i think of i was like yo getting into hardcore as a young person one there was a literal paywall you literally had to buy cds or lp or vinyl to get in like you had to go and buy these things to understand it doesn't and and somebody anybody of my age or older who's hearing this is like well yeah that's that's getting into many things but that's not the way it is now you know what i mean like if i wanted to hear all the records rev put out it took me years to hear the first 12 20 revelation releases of course yeah because i had to buy them and i was a teenager i had no money <laughs> you know and maybe i could get some from friends but yo man i was in hardcore i didn't have that many friends um two you had to do some real seeking to find stuff depending on where you live you have to really seek out shows to go to probably end up going the wrong ones three you have to stumble in to somebody helping you along the way i know i had those people who maybe it was a friend who was just like a year older who had already had that and they had someone who had you know thrown them a bad brain tape or something um or then as you go along, there's a couple older guys who were like, oh, you like this stuff. Well, here's the next level. You know what I mean? Um, and now, just with the accessibility of information, it's like, oh, okay. I'm getting down the basics. Cool. Here's these classics. Oh, here's some current bands. Oh, there's a show happening. I could find out about that. It's, uh, it's really interesting. But let me also put a bow on it and say, that stuff isn't new either. Like... Mm this stuff it's not like spotify open shop 2021 right like this could have happened seven years ago and it didn't yeah that's happening now you know so it's really interesting to see what is motivating some of this new flow and i like you you alluded to and if you have anything to add please do it's 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 a pretty big influx of people Yeah. I mean, so, well, just going back just a sec, I do think that Turnstile probably does play a little bit of a fact. Like, I have no doubt that there's people that heard Turnstile for the first time in 2021 with the new album and then hit the, you know, recommended artists or the playlists or whatever. I have no doubt that that's a factor, but I don't, yeah, it can't, it's not, it's certainly not the motivating thing um, or the main thing. Um, I wonder if COVID you know, maybe plays a factor. Like, I mean, certainly I can say for myself, like pre pandemic, you know, I was in a point in my life where I was maybe a little cynical or maybe feeling like, Mm. eh, you know, I don't have to catch this show, you know? And once the, once the lockdowns hit, I was like, I feel like an asshole for ever saying no, you know, for ever saying, for ever saying like, I'll skip that one. You know, Uh, I felt like this is why we needed you. I needed you here (laughs) because Tom, has always and will always stand on how cool and great hardcore is. And he's not trying to say it isn't without its flaws. He always acknowledges those. He's like, yo, hardcore rules. Tom's fucking right. Patrick, uh, uh, you know, is, is will probably just be contrarian to be contrarian, but he wouldn't sure. ever get to the point where you did, which is exactly right. I have a feeling there were a ton of people in your same spot, whether it was a very active feeling of like, ah, man, uh, shows for whatever reason, ah, I don't know. Same thing for me in a lot of ways, but I wouldn't have got to the same spot that you did where it's like, yo, there's just the passivity of 
interest in going to a show or interest in hardcore. Um, not not totally true for me because I axe to grind. It's super fun. I love it. I'm a dork about that. But certainly yeah. going to shows lower on my list. Um, but th- coming out of COVID, I agree. I think some of the passive dismissal is out the window and people are like hell yeah yeah i had no idea how good i had it and i agree right. maybe that's that's bringing that's bringing a lot of the people out who were pushing away for it for for really inconsequential little shit yeah i mean you know it, it's it's i never consider you know pre-pandemic i never considered a world that that could be taken away from you you know what i mean so no, there was, you, you know and there was this level of like you know how many i was 29 or so around the beginning of, of, of COVID. Yeah, I was, mm-hmm. I was 29. And, there, you know, it was like, you know, I remember having the thoughts of like, you know, how many times do I need to see Madball? You know what I mean? Sure. But it's like, and, you know, I've seen Madball well over a dozen times at this point in my life. And it's like, yeah, once you're, once we were in the middle of that shit and like, there was a time where it, they were saying years before music would come back, you know? And I was like, <laughs> years. I was like, fuck. I was like, wait a second. I thought like, yeah, there was this passivity in me and I was like, wait, no, I'm not, I'm not done. You know what I mean? Like I don't, and and, and I think it just created like a, you know, especially an outdoor festival, you know, there's just something about it that's like, Hey, we, I mean, at least for me and, and I, Mm -hmm. I, and I bet that there's other people like me that it's like, Oh, this can, this can can go away, go away. This doesn't have to be a thing. And it's like, (sighs) you have to kind of cultivate it a little bit just even by your by a body in the crowd you know what i mean like hell, hell that's yeah. what that's what keeps it alive and like it's very cool to see kids uh that many kids you know that many young people vibing on it and it's a different vibe than when i was young that's for sure but that that makes it even cooler honestly that was like oh these kids are on some new shit and like mm, i don't like necess- it. yeah i was like i don't necessarily really this is not what i was doing this is not what i relate but like that's cool. Like hardcore that's cooler, is actually. Yeah. It's like it well, hardcore, I think in general, is like it's it's a young person's music. You know what I mean? Mm. Like and it's like you sort of hand the baton off. And like, you know, when I was a, a younger, a younger lad, it was mm. kind of a lot of the hardcore was like derivative of like the Boston sound, the New York hardcore sound, very moshy, kind of groovy. Mm-hmm. Uh that was kind of, and now like to see younger bands do something different, you know, something yep. that's maybe more pulling from a different era. Yeah. It's and like, it's, this stuff goes in waves and cycles. However, what's always best is when it comes out with a new curve on it, you know? Yeah. And it, and it's just cool to see kids take the baton and sort of make it their own. And it's like, that's, that's awesome. Like that's, that, cause uh, it, cause it belongs to the youth, you know? Hold on. Let me make sure my thing's orange. That's weird. My buttons are not green. They're usually green. Um, hmm. Oh, wait. Hold on. There we go. I had a weird button. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, the... uh, you you tripped over a trigger wire that's going to be the gist of almost our entire next episode. Uh, So uh, I'm not going to go too far, but... Uh, people should put in their heads um, this question, which hopefully we'll answer later this week, which is, should a hardcore fest in 2022 look, feel, act, be like a hardcore fest from 2012 or 2006 
or 2001 or 1995. And... If you ask yourself that question out loud, then just consider all the other factors that go into it and, and how the world has changed and how people change and how I hope for people that they change. We'll get to it. Um, any other closing thoughts? Because I'm going to wrap this up. We're going to make this one a relatively quickie. Um, cool. Any uh, other closing thoughts on Sound and Fury and hardcore <laughs> at large? Because you don't get a forum to talk about hardcore uh, all the time, you you guys are busy with worst possible timeline. Talking sure. about the rest of the world, you leave you leave hardcore for Axe <laughs> yeah. to grind to pontificate on. Absolutely. Um. So I'll let, let's see. I'll sum up. Uh. I'll try and sum up my thoughts here. Um. I mean, just built like building off what we were saying. You know, Drain both Drain and Gulch, the headliners of the weekend. Their sets, they were. Just like it looked like Woodstock '99, maybe. Well, okay, maybe there weren't there was no one. <laughs> nothing was nothing was burning down. There were things weren't right. being torn apart. But I just mean the sheer size of the pit and the crowd. It was like holy fuck, this is for Gulch. Like walk outside of that festival grounds, and I don't know that there's a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like right. at the time, Limp Biscuit, you know, certainly was a could have was a household name. But yes. like seeing right. that sort of energy generated from, uh, uh, you know, outside of hardcore, relatively a thing that probably not a lot of people know about was insane. Um, shout out to God's Hate. I thought their set was fucking fantastic. Mm. Uh, uh, Pity Sex on the reunion. Um, that was fucking cool. Yo, shout out quick to Cola Boy, like just for doing something different in the middle of the day, just kind of mm-hmm. changing up the energy a little bit, I thought was extremely refreshing. You know what yeah. I mean? It just kind of like... You know, it was just a little something different and it, like it was groovy. It was fun. Yeah. You know, they brought a great energy, I thought. And it was just ni- a nice little break in the day to be like, all right, everybody, you know, like we're here for hardcore, but we're also, you know, having fun in the sun, whatever. That was oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I, mean, just uh, just a fun fucking weekend. I, I mean, I can't. Yeah, I, like. It, it yeah it was great i don't know <laughs> i think that's, that's all i got i want to yeah. i want to say thank you everybody thank you for all the support thank you to all our friends we get to hang out with you know who you are um thank you to riley martin madison and the rest of their teams um and a major shout out i had a very brief but cool conversation with uh with nate who knows who he is who has attended every single sound and fury Oh, cool. And there's a few others like him. And he asks, he's like, I wonder how many people here have attended everyone. I think Rashad also, if he hasn't attended everyone, he's been very close. Uh, Travis may have attended everyone. He's very close. Uh, but, yo, hardcore rules, okay? Hell yeah. Hardcore fucking rules. Shout out to all the bands and all the people that put it together and made it a, a fan like me making making a guy very happy and uh, a ton of other people, I'm sure, too. So big thank you to everyone involved. Seriously. Good night.